I just recently had the opportunity to sit down and watch First Man, which I thought was a fantastic film. It's a very uh, quiet film about getting to the moon. And of course, it's all about Neil Armstrong. And I have no idea why it was not nominated for more uh, awards this season, because I thought it was a great film. Jeremy Hansen is a real astronaut, Canadian astronaut. He is with the Canadian Space Agency, and he joins me to talk about, you know, that First Man was all about Neil Armstrong getting to the moon. Canada has just joined the U.S., and we're going on another moon mission. For the specifics, we welcome Jeremy Hansen, Canadian astronaut, to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Kelly. It's always a pleasure to talk to an astronaut. I always feel like I have the best job on the planet when I get to talk to one of you guys. That's right. And I have the best job off the planet, I guess. (laughs) All right. So what is the news today? Give us the specifics of what is called the Lunar Gateway Project. Today is really big news for Canada. Uh, We've set our eyes, the our global allies, if you will, have set our eyes on getting out of low Earth orbit and exploring into deep space again. And the next step uh, is to go into lunar vicinity and to build what we call the gateway. And I think the easiest way to describe what that is is consider it like an airport hub out in the solar system. And so the gateway, we will go there, we will have a facility there, and we'll be able to do research from that facility. We'll be able to refuel spacecraft. We'll be able to dock spacecraft there. Uh, And so it's going to enable us to explore our solar system. And what Canada has been challenged to do, and I say challenged because although we have a lot of robotics expertise and experience, we've been challenged to build a new generation of robotics that will be required to do the job in deep space. We're most famous for the Canada arm on the space shuttle, and we're also uh, leading the way in AI. How much will that factor into this project? Yeah, it's a big part of it, actually, and it's what's real, one of the really attractive aspects of this goal that we've set is to integrate AI into space robotics because since the gateway will be so far from, from planet Earth, a lot of the robotics will have to be done more autonomously, and then the AI planning systems for that will be able to um, ensure that we have safe operations in deep space. How does the gateway differ from the International Space Station? Well, the International Space Station is quite a bit larger than the Gateway is going to be. This is more of, like I was saying before, a hub. The International Space Station is very much a research laboratory in low Earth orbit. The Gateway is meant to be an enabler for many other things that we will do in the future, such as going into deeper space, going to the moon, landing on the moon, rovers on the moon, science platform on Gateway. So astronauts will go there, but we don't anticipate, at least in the early days, astronauts will stay there full time. They'll actually just visit, do maintenance, do experiments, and then come home maybe after a month. So it's like one of those, you know, when you're rest stations, when you're uh, traveling along the highway, maybe you want to go in for a bite, but you're not going to stay for a long time. You're going to do what you have to do and move on. That's a great analogy. (laughs) Really? I thought you were going to laugh at that and say, that's ridiculous. (laughs) No, I think you nailed it there. And one of the things is, is this is, in your analogy, this is the first rest station that we'll be building in deep space. And so there's a lot we don't know. We know a lot very well informed. We know we can do this. We know we can take on this challenge, but we also know we're going to learn many new things. We're going to have higher radiation levels. The navigation challenges are going to be more significant. The communication challenges are going to be more Mm -hmm. significant. It's really going to drive some neat stuff. But you know, what else is neat about today's announcement is, yes, we're going to provide robotics for the gateway. We're also, we also announced a program today called LEAP, which is a lunar exploration accelerator program, which will allow us to develop other technologies that we believe have synergies here on the planet and in space. I'll give you some examples. Medical. So in order to deliver medical and medicine in uh, deep space, there are synergies between that 
and the, the medical challenges we face here in Canada with our remote communities. So we're going to invest in that. Uh, food, for example, is another one that we've been looking at, and we don't know exactly what we'll do there yet, but it was mentioned today um, as an example that growing food uh, in the future, like on the moon or Mars, is going to be necessary for us to really get a foothold in the solar system while we also have those challenges in our growing population here in Canada and northern and isolated communities. So those are a couple things that we'll be looking at. Do we have hopes to get back on the moon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is, a, this is a step for Canada right now. This is in our niche area, the robotics for this gateway. It fits very well with our expertise. But we also have lunar rover expertise mm-hmm. that we, uh, we hope to be employing on the moon. That will also probably be part of this LEAP program. Um, and already the Americans have started to shift their focus to say we want to get people back on the moon uh, in the very, very near future. And so this is, a, this is an opportunity for us to be part of all of that. How much is, that, is China fueling that? Because they're on the dark side of the moon, I understand. That's true. They landed a, a lunar a lander, mm-hmm. a, a rover on the far side of the moon. Um, I don't feel that that's driving this. I, the sense I have is uh, that we're doing this because we wanted a big challenge, and we know when we set big challenges like the International Space Station with our global allies, we achieve amazing things. And, uh, you know, right now, I mean, you could argue there's lots of stressors in the world working with other countries, but in space, I mean, right now, David Saint-Jacques, my colleague and friend, is on the International Space Station with an American and a Russian he had to fix a toilet, I hear. He had to fix the toilet, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you just get there, I don't know, get the new guy to fix the toilet. <laughs> you know, both him and Anne are brand new. They're both rookies, so they, I guess they did it together. But we're doing amazing things, cooperating in space with people we're having trouble with on the planet. This is important, and we're taking another step in that direction. I love it. I think it's just a wonderful example for our youth. You talk about uh, people, you know, working in space, but how many people does Canada's space sector just roughly employ? Well, right now, uh, the number we heard today um, was about 10,000 people directly employed in the space industry in Canada. And uh, this announcement is expected to add hundreds of jobs, maybe on the order of 600 jobs um, over the next 10 years. And uh, I understand that our, our tech sector is just hungry to get involved in, in this. And, you know, we, we look at Waterloo, you look at Toronto being a tech hub. You know, uh, there's a lot of great um, brain power to, you know, help out this, this um, big collaboration that's going on between the U.S. and, and Canada's space agency. I love that you said that because that, that is my experience traveling across this country as an astronaut and speaking with industry and Canadians. I just see all that potential. And it's not that it ever goes to waste, but when we set a big goal, that's when we see the greatest benefits come out of those minds, when we put them together on one project. And, you know, you and I talked about it at the beginning of the call, but the, with the AI, we have AI centers of excellence here in Canada already. But to merge them with a real space project where it's like, we got to get this done, and we got timelines, and we got to meet them, and we've got to close that innovation loop right here, right now. That's where we're going to drive some real advancement. That's super exciting. You brought up the timeline. When do things get rolling on this? You know, the announcement was made today. Yeah, right away. We need to start. Uh, I mean, a lot of work has already been done on this to, you know, to decide whether this is going to fe- be feasible, how much would it cost, all of those things. That work's already been done. We've got to get moving forward on actually getting the final designs uh, finalized and start bending metal and get this arm in space. We have to have it up there by the mid-2020s. 
Um, but all those timelines still need to be worked out with our international partners. Right now, uh, Canada is the first country to step up with the U.S. to do this, but we expect our other uh, partners uh, to step up and follow suit. Well, I have to say, Jeremy, I know I'm not alone. People listening right now must be blown away by how down-to-earth you are as an astronaut when you use terms like, we got to start bending metal and get it up to space. I think it's refreshing, and uh, it's great to have you along on the program. So I'm going to keep your number in the back pocket, and hopefully uh, we'll contact you again in the near future. I'll give you an update. I'm going to get to tell you 30 seconds about something that's super important we announced Please today, do. Which is the Junior Astronaut Recruitment Campaign. And this is uh, going to allow us to focus our outreach over the next school year. It'll start this year, but primarily next school year. It's going to be activities for youth related to space and STEM that's accessible to every kid across the country. And then there's going to be a focus on grades 6 to 8. There's going to be a competition, and there'll be um, everyone is eligible to um, basically compete in this and we're going to bring people to the winners to the the Canadian Space Agency and have them train with uh, the astronauts here and so we're really looking forward to inspiring. I was inspired by space. We can't wait to inspire our youth. You said, yeah, it's a youth program, rats, because you got me a little excited. (laughs) We'll make an exception for the media. You can compete. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. The pleasure's mine. You have a great day. Cheers. Jeremy Hansen, Canadian astronaut, joining us with the big news. Canada joining the U.S.-led moon mission. And we have a lot to contribute um, to that project. She said, what? She said, yeah. I said, no. Uber is ISIS. You know what ISIS means? Uber is ISIS. Oh, we ain't going to be in no fire. Not today. Chris Preston, how do you follow an astronaut? But what did you find noise-wise on the Internet for us today? I got something that I find absolutely terrific. And uh, people know that I'm a Weezer fan. And they know that I'm a fan of barbershop quartets. And what those two things have in common, well, you're about to find out. Uh, I One of my favorite tunes from the mid-'90s was Buddy Holly by Weezer. If you don't remember it, I just want an excuse to play it. Anyway, if you never heard that before, you know it. It's the awesome music video that they put the band into a scene of Happy Days. Mm -hmm. It's terrific. Anyway... Going from the 1950s with Happy Days and going even further back, the gang, the band Weezer, got together with Jimmy Fallon's barbershop quartet, the Ragtime Gals. And I don't know if Jimmy hasn't been doing these things for a while, but I loved it when he would do these barbershop quartet bits. And they do this tune, they do Buddy Holly with the Ragtime Gals. You'll hear Weezer and the Ragtime Gals. Just like Buddy Holly. What's with these homies dissing my girl? Why did they got a front? What did we ever do to these guys that made them so violent? You, but you know I'm yours. You, and I know you're mine. Are they wearing star foam, like, election-type hats? <laughs> yes, yeah, they're awesome. wearing the hats, the striped suits. And I'll tweet it out at Creston Talks.